The Latin Mass was among the most integrated and accepted and proliferated rites in the dioceses of Arlington and D.C. But with the Latin Mass restrictions that have come down, they have been among the most severe. Today, we're going to talk to Noah Peters, who's the head of the Latin Mass Society in those dioceses, talk about the new event that they are conducting twice a year now. And this, it helps us, gives us a model as well for many other dioceses throughout the world. Jesus is King. Welcome to the One Peter Five podcast, Rebuilding Christendom, Restoring Catholic Culture and Tradition. I'm Timothy Flanders, Editor-in-Chief of One Peter Five. Hello from our satellite studio up in my children's room. And Noah is in his studio, actually in Dallas, but he's actually the Lat the. I, actually, I think I said it wrong. You're you're the Latin Mass Society of Arlington, right? Your actual diocese is Arlington. Yes, um, we are the Arlington Latin Mass Society, um, but we basically uh, do a lot in in the District of Columbia um, as well, the Archdiocese of Washington D.C. Um, and so, uh, the Arlington Diocese is pretty much the entire. Uh, northern part of the state of Virginia. So it goes, uh, it extends out west to uh, Front Royal. Um, and it, it also uh, encompasses, of course, all of the Northern Virginia, D.C. suburbs and the uh, Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. is D.C., Southern Maryland and uh, the, the D.C. burbs there. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, especially our non-American uh, viewers and listeners, um, D.C. Is, is basically a different state with a different government. Uh, obviously, it's the capital of U the USA. Um, now, is Arlington totally adjacent to DC diocese then? Yes. Okay. So you walk in the, so the pilgrimage that you walk goes from one to the other. Yes. Yeah, so the idea for the pilgrimage is actually that the main cathedrals of Arlington and DC are actually very, very close to each other, um, relatively speaking. Um, St. Thomas More. Um, the main uh, chapel in Arlington for Arlington Diocese um, is really just over the key bridge um, from St. Matthew Cathedral, beautiful St. Matthew Cathedral in Washington, D.C. It's about a two hour walk um, and it's actually a really fun walk. You just go through uh, basically go through Arlington, kind of downtown Arlington, uh, cross over the bridge, um, go a little bit in, into D.C. and uh, through Georgetown and um, West End, and, and you're basically at St. Matthew Cathedral um, in the heart of downtown uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, so it, it, it's, a really, uh, it's a really fun walk. You get to go over the bridge, um, and you get to go through kind of uh, the downtown parts of Arlington and D.C. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk all about that and what, how you can be involved, all viewers and listeners, even if you're not in this area. Um, and I really want to emphasize this, how this is really, I think, um, one, there's a lot of different methods that Latin mass faithful are, um, doing in all other different dioceses and everybody has a different situation. And, but this is one example of a very good thing that you can do in your diocese as well. So we'll talk all about, I'd like to talk with, you Noah, as well about a lot of the practicals, how can people like, all, what are all the things that you had to do personally to organize this whole event? so that people in your and other dioceses could also put on an event like this. But before we do that, um, I just want to remind everybody real quick just um, about our lay solidarity, which is related to all of this, and that is the Crusade of Eucharistic Reparation. That is our lay solidarity. We have two lay solidarities that we run here at One Pier 5, uh, which we view as our contributions to the trad movement. If you go up to the top of the website, we have two. The the fasting sodality is here. Obviously, we're in Lent. So if you haven't joined our, our fasting sodality, we have an English language and Spanish language uh, fasting sodality for Lent. So I encourage you to check that out. But today is First Friday. And if you click on Crusade, you get all the information about the crusade. This is a this is a photo of Bishop Schneider. This is his crusade that he called in 2020 to offer reparation to Almighty God for all the abuses of the Blessed Sacrament. So that was before Traditionus Custodes. And, but now he's added the restoration of the Holy uh, Mass according to the ancient Roman rite, the, the Latin Mass, as one of the intentions of this crusade. The crusade is, the, the minimum requirement is very minimal. It's just one hour of Eucharistic reparation per month 
and praying his prayer of Eucharist reparation per month. That's the minimum. But our idea is what we want to do is we want to establish in every parish and every diocese an annual day of Eucharistic reparation. And here's all the additional devotions that we have in mind. We, we Ideally, we want to make our present felt presence felt at the Eucharistic Congress in 2024 in Indianapolis. And we want to we want to work with the bishops. We want to offer this to the bishops and say, hey, we're we are faithful, traditional Catholics. We do want Eucharistic revival, just like you. And but the soul of our movement is Eucharistic reparation because Almighty God has been offended by the the indignities that our, our Lord is is in, in, in his passion, he continues his passion in the Blessed Sacrament in the way that he's treated in, in the rites of our church, unfortunately. So check that out. It's onepeter5.com slash crusade. So that is our lay sodality, and that's what that's what we view as forming really the spiritual center of all of our different efforts. And we're, we're going to talk with Noah about one effort such as that. So, Noah, before we get into, can you briefly review for us a little bit of the history of Arlington and D.C. with the Latin Mass and the restrictions that came and then how you and the faithful responded? Yeah, so um, the, the Latin Mass uh, came to Washington, D.C. originally um, at Old St. came back um, after a, a brief uh, pause. Um, in 1988, um, it came back to Old St. Mary in Washington, D.C., a beautiful historic German church in uh, Chinatown. Um, and then from there, it really just uh, spread in the next uh, 30, you know, three decades. Um, it's showing really the power of the Latin Mass to bring people back to Catholicism. When it was brought back to Old St. Mary, um, the you know, I've heard that the priests there couldn't believe how many people were coming um, to this, you know, church, which was really kind of in, in a seedy part then of downtown D.C., um, and it really revived Old St. Mary. And then from there, it, it really spread um, starting in 2006, uh, right before Saborum. It spread throughout the Arlington Diocese. Um, it had some over 20 locations that regularly offered Latin Mass. Um, including uh, several on Sunday, um, and they and it just it was just spreading very quickly. People, uh, you know, large congregations. It was inspiring a lot of devotion. Um, the people were well integrated into the parish communities. Um, parish life was really strengthened. I saw it myself uh, firsthand at a couple of locations that I attended in in um, Arlington and still attend uh, Saint Rita in Alexandria and uh, St. John the Beloved in McLean, Virginia. Um, parish life was just strengthened immeasurably um, by the traditional Latin Mass. Um, you started having, and you had really reverent Novus Ordo um, Masses where, uh, you know, you, where you had people kneeling for communion, you had altar rails, um, you just had, you know, uh, beautiful uh, Masses in all, in both forms. Um, and, and you had the same thing in, in Washington, D.C., um, where you had, you know, churches uh, that were really dying, um, starting to be revived um, by the beauty of traditional Catholicism. And, um, you know, we, we all saw it firsthand. Um, and when we saw the power of Pope Benedict's Samorum Pontificum and his prediction about the mutual enrichment of, of the rites turned out to be spot on. Um, you had priests offering very reverent Novus Ordo Masses. You had um, parish life being strengthened. You had all the benefits. And then, of course, you had just beautiful TLMs and communities forming around them. Um, and so when, uh, so D.C. and Arlington was one of the many, many success stories of Samorum Pontificum. Maybe the, maybe the biggest success story, um, when you look at all the different locations, about 30 locations that were offering the, the Latin Mass, and, and more were coming um, at, that, at that time. Um, you started to have more places offering it, um, you know, more places offering especially daily mass. Um, and then in, uh, so when, when you know, uh, Traditionis came down um, in, in uh, summer of 2021, I was actually in marriage prep um, for, a, a, a t you know, we wanted a TLM wedding. My, my wife, I've said this on your podcast before, but, you know, my wife and I really fell in love going to the traditional Latin mass um, in uh, the Arlington Diocese. Um, and so it was just shocking when uh, Traditionis came down the cover letter with all this uh, vitriol, this anger and vitriol uh, directed against people who attended the TLM and also the requirement 
that the TLM, uh, the traditional mass, not be celebrated in parish churches. And uh, when I read that, I was like, what? Where, where else could it be possibly be celebrated? Um, unfortunately, we found the answer to that in the past um, uh, with, with the restrictions that came down a year later, which were the product of um, a lot of arm twisting uh, from the Vatican, um, because neither of the Car neither Cardinal Gregory nor Bishop Burbage in, in a million years would have ever thought to do anything like this on their own. Um, it was completely the, completely the product of uh, of pressure from Rome, um, and it's in it, one of the reasons why it's so important is because this with the rescript that's coming that came down um, a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, this could be coming to a lot of dioceses around the U a lot of different dioceses around the U.S. We were just kind of the on the front lines in Arlington and D.C. Uh, because we had so many and being so close to the, the nation's capital, being so close to the nunciature, um, it, it kind of hit us first. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I, I, unfortunately, if you have a parish a diocesan TLM, um, you know, this may be what's coming for down the pike. Um, so we had a very severe restrictions come down in uh, both about the same time, announced in July 2022 um, in both dioceses within a week. Um, and they were they had been uh, negotiated a little bit in concert with each other. Um, so basically restrict in Arlington, we have eight locations, uh, three in parish churches, um, the three that are in parish churches, so that includes St. Rita and Alexandria, St. John the Beloved and McLean, um, in one in King George, Virginia. Um, and those are on a two-year uh, stay of execution. Um, they have to be reauthorized in June 2024. Um, you know, I don't think it's it's easy to be optimistic about it, uh, about those being reauthorized, uh, to, to say the least. Um, you, you know, uh, the, they can't be announced in parish bulletins, um, very, you know, stringent restrictions on that. And then five of them, uh, five TLMs were moved off site to um, gyms, uh, parish halls, um, uh, small chapels, um, the faithful. Uh, and that was in uh, five different locations, Front Royal, Fredericksburg, um, Gainesville, Virginia, um, and uh, a couple more, uh, Leesburg and Winchester, Virginia. Um, and, you know, the the faithful are, are, are you know, staying um but it, it, it's a challenge when you you know when you've been kicked out of your your parish church um and then in, in dc washington dc the restrictions were um in some ways more severe so there's the possible we still have uh daily tlms in the diocese of arlington um no more daily tlms in uh washington dc all latin masses and there had been about six regular latin masses were relocated to three kind of mass, regional mass centers, um, one at the Franciscan Monastery, um, one in Southern Maryland at a mission church, uh, a, a way too small mission church, and one um, at Old St. John in Silver Spring, um, only on Sundays, uh, only one, one a week, uh, not on Christmas, uh, none on Easter. Um, and Old St. Mary TLM, uh, Old St. Mary can't have the TLM anymore. That was a decades old uh, congregation and group that was basically, um, you know, told that they they can't have TLM there anymore. Um, they had renovated the church at great expense to parishioners, uh, funded in large part by the TLM. And that, that was a story that happened in several different locations where um, the TLM community had played the lead part or significant part in renovating um, churches to make them more beautiful, to make the altars more beautiful, um, you know, to fix them up. Uh, and now told that they can't use them, that they can't have the TLM anymore. Um, in uh, St. Francis of Sales in Benedict, Maryland, they had financed, uh, they had seven day a week TLM there. This, uh, they had financed a new altar, which was unveiled at Easter. And then a few months later, they're told no more TLM. Um, and so this has really scattered these uh, different congregate these different groups um, into, you know, people have had to make tough decisions, have had to drive uh, long distances. Um, they've had to move move parishes. Um, it, it's not uh, it's not a fun situation. Um, but what we're trying to do um, with the Arlington Latin Mass Society, um, which we founded right after the restrictions, 
is to try to draw um, a silver lining from from all of this um, to try to uh, you know, come together uh, as a traditional community within the Washington, D.C. and Arlington area, uh, areas, um, have pilgrimages, the semi-annual pilgrimages, which are, are beautiful, a great way of making reparation um, for abuses against the Blessed Sacrament. Um, and we have a speaker series. Um, we have Father Paracone of the Diocese of Newark, who's coming to speak on March 15th at Holy Family Academy in uh, Manassas, Virginia. Um, so, which is featured there. Um, and so we're, what we're doing is we're trying to, uh, we're, we're getting a, a chapter together for the Chartres pilgrimage um, in May in France and, and training for that. Um, so th th and this is, you know, a product of the fact that these restrictions are uh, so terrible. Um, I think just such a, so, so bad in, in so many ways. Um, and of course, we have the, the rosary rallies on Saturday at 9 a.m. Uh, each Saturday out Friday, the nunciature um, th that we this is a call for us when the Latin mass is restricted this way. Um, this is a call for us to make reparation and to come together as a community and to pray above all um, and to witness the continue to find different ways to witness the beauty of Catholic culture, um, traditional Catholic culture to build communities um, and all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I love how you, I mean, you're really setting an example, Noah, um, of the way a really a Catholic response to this. This is a Catholic response. We can complain, we can go on Twitter and complain and cry, or we can get busy and get going. And this is exactly what you did. Uh, what you said in your latest article was, um, I just want to write this because it was, or read this because um you said, in the face of these harsh decrees, however, the community has banded together. Parishioners worked hard and contributed their time and money to make new mass space, spaces beautiful. Banned from using parish bulletins, tonight's the time of Latin mass. We formed the Arlington Latin Mass Society and created a website that contains a complete list of all Latin masses. Uh, we organize weekly rosary rallies. You, and you, you mentioned that already. Uh, it's really, this is, this, is, this is an opportunity, as you said, for a greater devotion, a more zealous uh, reparation and piety. And I just want to emphasize as well for the viewers, um, this is not just Noah's opinion of what it was like before the restriction. As you mentioned in your initial article, Monsignor um, Charles Pope, who is a very prominent Catholic commentator, wrote on National Catholic Register, again, a very prominent um, outlet uh, about the success story. And he was speaking specifically about Washington, D.C., that which is his diocese. But it's really a success story of Samoran Pontificum that there not only are there Latin masses and not only are they integrated into these various dioceses and parishes, but the new mass also is being mutually enriched. There is this mutual enrichment. There's not really an isolation that is being uh, proposed or, or or accused, basically, in Servicionis Custodes. Um, now, Noah, do you has there been restrictions as well on the new mass? Because this has happened in places like Chicago, where they've they said you can't even celebrate the new mass in Latin or Novus or uh, Ad Orientum or things like that. Has, has there been similar restrictions on the new mass? Yes, in Washington D.C., uh, there's now a restriction on uh, celebrating mass uh, Ad Orientum. Um, which is a, a new, which came down in the same decree banning the, the or, or restricting uh, the Latin mass. Um, basically, uh, you, you have to get permission um, from the bishop uh, specifically uh, to celebrate mass um, ad orientum, uh, which, which is a new, a new feature. Um, and we've started to see that too, unfortunately, and it, it, it's, it's been almost hand in hand with traditiones, um, we've seen some uh, dioceses saying uh, you can't have uh, ad orientum, uh, you can't install altar rails, um, you know, you, you have, you know, uh, which had been a trend um, as well. Fortunately, thank God, um, we haven't had that in, in Arlington, uh, any restrictions like that. But um, yeah, in, in, a, in a lot of these decrees, they do place restrictions on um, use of traditional elements in the Novus Ordo. Yes, that, that, the reason I say it, I just want to emphasize this is not just Latin mass faithful who are affected. It's really all Catholics who care about reverent liturgy. Uh, so it's not just a problem facing the Latin mass Catholics. Um, and uh, 
it shout out to uh ann ann says i was baptized at saint thomas more in arlington but i recently read their per- parish bulletin online no latin mass uh and I, I i had the pleasure of going to i went to the march for life for the first time actually right before D- the dobbs decision and i went to old saint mary's and wrote about it i didn't i didn't realize they have is it, is it old saint mary's where they have a first class relic of blessed emperor Carl? yes it is there. Okay, yeah, they have a great shrine there. It was it was a wonderful surprise to find out. I didn't even realize it was there when I went there. So, uh, so tell us about Noah. Tell us about what 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 did you have to do to set up this pilgrimage? That the first annual or the semi annual. You're doing this twice a year. Um, tell me about things that you had to do, just practically speaking, in order for other people to understand what is necessary for their own diocese. Yeah, um, there, there's a there's um, I mean, it, it, it's something that everyone should be on everyone's radar screen because it is a beautiful, um, it's, it's a beautiful part of traditional Catholicism. It's the pilgrimages and Marian processions, um, which used to be ubiquitous, um, you know, throughout the West uh, before, um, you know, the 1960s um, now are coming back in a very big way. Um, you know, when, when you have, when you do something like this, um, that's out in the city streets in is, um, you know, a, a two hour walk, um, you have to ask permission from uh, the police, you know, you have to get, fill out a parade permit. Um, there, that's actually pretty easy. Um, it's, it just takes a few minutes. Um, you have to, um, be able to, of course, promote it. Um, you know, you, you have to be able, uh, to get processional gear, um, which is uh, you can typically get from your local parish. Uh, they'll have flags and, and banners and processional gear, um, or you can make your own. You know, you can make your own processional cross. Uh, many people did that um, when we had it the last time. Uh, many people have beautiful banners and icons. Um, you know, so so take that stuff. You know, you you might have it or flags. You might have it in your home already. Um, you know, uh, and so just it, it's it's a great kind of pilgrimage item. Um, and then what we what is uh, another beautiful aspect of it is that you know you you sing uh, hymns um, is a great way to pass the time, uh, pray the rosary. Um, and so we we have a lot of people, and I'm not one of them, uh, who are really good at, at at doing the the programming, like the the singing and the hymns and all of that. Um, and that's a really um, beautiful aspect of it as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Um, you can, uh, you, you can do it, especially, um, if you're doing a, a shorter distance. Um, but it's, it, it, but I think that there's a lot of power about doing it through the city streets, you know, going down to, to downtown, um, DC, going down to downtown Arlington, um, because it just provides a beautiful witness. Um, it's very evangel, it is very evangelizing, um, to be able to do it um, through the city streets. Uh, we had people, you know, waving their rosaries. Um, and uh, it, it just uh, something that makes you makes people stop and say, wow, what is this? You know, this is uh, really beautiful. Um, these people love God. Um, you know, they're really de- devoted to their faith. Um, this this seems pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- that's basically all you need to do is just get get people and uh get flags and banners and just march um i love this because as you said it's this is a very catholic thing which is what this is what we should be doing anyways this should be happening multiple times a year the most prominent one obviously is the corpus christi procession but uh processions all over the place this is this is what uh my contributing editor here at one peter five theo howard described it as the liturgy of the streets and this is something that in old Catholic countries, like, for example, Spain, they do this very well. They've got a ton of great processions that happen. And uh, I remember, I can't remember the details of the story. I wish I knew it. But there was um, there was various anti-Catholic laws that were passed in these United States because of the Anglo-Protestant elite who hated Catholics. Uh, you know, one of them was like, um, priests can't wear cassocks. Uh, but restricting these sorts of things also... Uh, was on the chopping block because it's just this public witness and uh, a powerful act of public act of reparation that everybody notices. It's a, it's an act of uh, evangelism. Um, and so tell us about uh, Noah, tell us about how, how did this for this is, so this is the footage of the first of the semi-annual. So this was last fall, 2022. 
So tell us how did it how did it turn out? How did everything go? Uh, it went great. Um, I w when I was planning it, I had no idea if any really if anyone would come. Uh, we had hundreds of people, um, so uh, about three hundred people came. Um, so basically, if you uh, put this stuff, if you just say, "Hey, we're doing this um, on this date." Um, the way that, that this came together, uh, was just really beyond uh, anything that I could have, could have imagined. Um, I, when we were putting this together, um, we had no idea how it was going to go. Um, and so it just shows you that if you don't think you can do it, you can do it. Um, it's, it's not, it, it, there's no, no special training that you have to have. There's nothing fancy about it. Um, just, you know, go and, and, Get, uh, get out on the streets. And as you say, this was a ubiquitous part of, of Catholic life, um, you know, traditionally throughout this throughout the centuries. This was almost uh, associated with Catholicism itself to the point uh, where, you know, it was it was a target of, of anti-Catholic laws. Um, and it's it's also just just a beautiful, fun, enriching experience. I mean, this, this is um when you have the singing, when you have the, when you're praying the rosary, um, walking uh, with a group of people, um, it really multiplies your prayers. Um, it provides an amazing witness. Um, so if, if you like the TLM, um, you will enjoy um, processions um, because they are uh, really an extension. In fact, you see that they used to even be built into the liturgy, right? Where you process around the church um, and have a Eucharistic procession. Um, this, so this is this is Catholicism uh, 101 in many ways, and they're coming back in a big way. Um, they have them, I think, monthly um, uh, throughout many parts of Europe, um, and this is something that's come back in maybe the last you know five to ten years. Um, they get hundreds of people, um, you know, for very regular um, processions, uh, and so it, it's a it's an it's a really great devotion um, in so in so many ways and. Uh, you're getting outdoors. You're 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 taking to the streets. Um, you're taking to the culture and the, and the world um, who need to see this really very badly. You know, you, um, it, there's just an amazing power in doing this um, this sort of thing. And we're not the only ones who are doing it in the U.S. There's a beautiful Eucharistic processions that I've seen in New York City. They're always visually stunning, um, or pretty typically visually stunning. Um, they make for great uh, photos um, and. Great. I mean, they're just a great, uh, very powerful tool of evangelization. And it's like these are things that that unfortunately we've lost a little bit, but there's they're so much you see the need for them in the world, um, I think, now more than ever in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was just trying to uh, pop quiz for um, before, you know, I, I was trying to think of all of the what are all the TLM processions in the liturgy that you just mentioned? Obviously, Corpus Christi, but there's also Palm Sunday. That's another big one. There's also rogation days. That's one of the aspects of the TLM that's lost because rogation days were suppressed in the new right. Um, so those are the first three, the three days leading up to Ascension Tide. But there's also the greater rogations on St. Mark's Feast Day. Uh, there's also a procession on Candlemas, February 2nd. Uh, so that can be done. Here's, um, I was just looking this up on um, New Liturgical Movement. Here's a... Uh, well, let's see here. Let me put this. Uh, well, I'll I'll, 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 put, I'll put this footage up when, when I'm technologically advanced here. Uh, okay, so I'll put this up in a minute. But um, there's so many processions already um, built into the liturgy. Um, and so, and we, as Latin mass Catholics, some of these, like the rogation days are already bringing back something that used to be there. Okay. So here, this is the, this is actually Vietnam, 1962. So, I mean, this is, uh, this is obviously a universal thing. This is not just, uh, and obviously this is Vietnam is the, this is the Latin mass in Vietnam and the Latin mass is universal. It's uh, so many different races, tongues, nations are uh, worshiping in this one sacred language of Latin. And that's what was such a unity of the Roman Rite uh, among the Roman Rite Catholics, not even to speak to the fact that there's other uh, sacred languages as well in the other Catholic churches in the East. But this is an example of a procession. So, Noah, have you had any um, dialogue at all with... Um, the bishops of these dioceses. You mentioned 
um, Cardinal Wilton Gregory and Bishop Burbage. Uh, have you had any dialogue with them of, uh, in response to any of this stuff? That um, so unfortunately, we 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 haven't um, been able to have very much um, directly. Um, it, it and and that's something where um, I think basically they were forced to to their hand. They were kind of a little bit forced to do this. I think. Um, maybe DC a little bit less so, um, but no, um, we haven't really, unfortunately, haven't been able to have any dialogue. But one of the good things about starting a group like this um, is that it can be a vehicle um, for dialogue. We've seen after media coverage, um, for example, um, recently in Albany, um, where the diocese suppressed the TLM, um, we've seen it in, in reaction to um, media coverage. Um, that there has been dialogue um, starting to to form with the bishops um, because uh, because of articles in uh, you know National Catholic Register highlighting the fact that the the TLMs were uh, were canceled altogether. Um, so it's it, it's it, it is a good model to get dialogue with your with with the bishop or can be a good dialogue uh, model to get dialogue with your bishop. I think the Latin Mass Society. Um, in the UK has had success um, in terms of, of developing uh, relationships um, with bishops um, as, as well. Um, and I, I think there, there, there's a lot of power in just raising awareness. Um, never, I mean, never underestimate. Don't, don't think that the best thing to do um, is just to stay quiet and just say, oh, you know, please, uh, if, if, we, if we stay quiet, um, things will be okay. This is not, um, as, as has been pointed out, uh, the TLM is not the, uh, uh, necessarily a very big percentage of the masses um, in any diocese, really. Um, it's so you you know it, it's almost like um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease um, in a lot of ways. Um, so if you are um, you know do speak out um, because a lot of times there are the the bishops um, in the United States. Um, are of goodwill um, in nearly every case. Um, so don't don't think of this and don't see these decrees and think immediately, oh, my bishop hates me. Um, the bishops oftentimes don't know um, what's going quite what's going on, or they don't know the full scope of options available to them uh, under traditionis and under the rescript. Um, so reach out. Um, like I said, the the bishops in, in a lot of in a lot of cases. Uh, do like traditional Catholicism. Um, they don't necessarily think of it necessarily as the the center of the church, um, but they but they see it in a kind of pastoral way. Um, unlike, unfortunately, some people in Rome, um, there is a lot of dialogue to be had, um, and there's a lot of very effective behind the scenes work um, that's going on. Um, unfortunately, I think with these decrees, once they were issued, um, the bishops felt that was that was kind of it. We've done what we needed to do. Um, and then the, the dialogue has really not has been going on more, um, you know, between the priests and the bishops uh, indirectly. And unfortunately, in some cases, um, you know, Rome uh, has tried to get involved uh, with, with uh, in, a, in a kind of heavy handed way with uh, local affairs. Um, uh, so, you know, but uh, know that your bishop is of goodwill. Your bishop doesn't want to hurt you. Um, you know, there, there's lots of opportunities for dialogue. Yeah, uh, the vast majority of bishops have really not done anything with traditionis custodis. Over 75%, in fact. Uh, this is something that I discussed in this article, uh, traditionis custodis, one year later. And that was actually this past July of 2022, right when this was happening in these two dioceses we just mentioned. But even um, much larger dioceses, uh, New York City and Los Angeles, for example, there there's nothing that has happened. And so there there's actually the situation is is not as bleak as as you may think. If, if you have a bleak situation in your diocese, you may, you may be struggling with that and suffering with from that. It's a very difficult situation that you're in. Um, but Noah gives you uh, an example of what we can do, even when there are very severe restrictions. Um, we are working on uh, 1 Peter 5, we're working on 
drafting a letter to bishops that it can be a model for every single diocese where we, we can try to establish a relationship of, I mean, this, you know, the, the church leaders and the Holy Father talk a lot about dialogue. So, yeah, why don't we have a dialogue? Let's let's have here's the Latin mass faithful. And we're going to write a letter to the bishop and say, here's here's our concern. Here's why we're concerned. Here's what we want. All these sorts of things. We want to be faithful Catholics. We want to adhere to our local bishop. Um, Noah, what do you what would be your statement? You know, if you, if you were talking to the nuncio, um, Cardinal Wilton Gregory or Bishop Burbage, what would you say to them? Um, you, you know, I would say that, you know, we there, there's no hard feelings um, in, in the sense that we're always, you know, we're, we're not leaving the church. Um, you know, we, we want to be in the church more than anything, um, you know, and we, we just want to, uh, you know, we, we want the mass back. I mean, we, we love the mass. Um, it nurtures our faith, um, you know, and, and we, we're not an angry uh, movement. You know, we're just faithful Catholics who love the history and tradition of the church um, as you do. And uh, and that leads us to a great devotion uh, to the Latin Mass. Um, you know, we know that our priests in many cases have great devotions to the Latin Mass. And so all we all we really um, want is, is, you know, humbly, we just we just ask that we be given permission um, to have, uh, you know, to have this this form of the liturgy, um, and you know, to have it have it back, um, you know, we think it'll be um, a beautiful day. Um, hopefully, not too long from now, um, when the restrictions are, you know, are, are junked, and uh, and and we can come back, you know, kind of like the prodigal son um, into the parish churches. Um, and I think that that's that's what we're all what's what we all want. That's what we're all working towards. Um, and so, you know, we just want to reach out and, and um, you know, be able to get in discussions where we can where we can have that. Um, you know, I, hopefully um, we've seen bishops who are, um, you know, who are, are taking a lot of risk and who are doing a lot of uh, going out of their way to help um, the Latin mass and preserve it and protect it. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of great examples of bishops doing that. Um, hope is not lost. And um, yeah. And the other thing, too, is that just because, you know, you've lost the mass, I think that that's one thing that we've seen, or just because the last mass isn't as widely available, um, it, it, it's a blow and it, it's very hard. Um, but it means that there's something for you to do. Um, it puts a responsibility on all of us to advocate, to, to have it back, um, to do things uh, like doing Vespers, um, doing a divine office, uh, you know, learning the hymns, um, all of that stuff. This isn't the, if you've lost the mass, um, there's a lot more you can do, but you know, the important thing is to stay with, stay in the church, um, and continue um, continue to be a force. Um, there's a lot that, that you can do. It's inevitable that Catholic tradition will come back. Um, and so just just uh, keep the faith, uh, but it's don't be passive. Uh, there's always a lot you can do. Yeah, and th this is what we emphasize here at 1 Peter 5 is, is uh, resourcing the work of our trad godfathers who came before us, because this is exactly what they did back in 1969. And even before that, 1964, when when Una Voce was founded, it was founded at a time when uh, the, the Latin mass had not been technically suppressed, but people were just kind of going crazy at the time, 1964, five, six, seven. Um, and people were just destroying things, ripping rosaries out of people's hands and whatnot. And the laity were rising up to resist this iconoclasm. And even after the Latin mass was de facto banned, our forefathers in this whole trad movement they they worked, they sacrificed, they they fundraised, they did everything that Noah is doing in, in Arlington and DC. And eventually they won the day. And so we're going to win win again. And we're really in a, a situation that's much better than they were. Far better. Uh, we have bishops and cardinals on our side. Uh, we have card bishop, you know, cardinals. Somebody was sharing this meme recently of Cardinal Sarah. Uh, his comment of saying um, suppressing the Latin mass is inspired by the devil. You know, this is Cardinal Sarah. And, and he, he used to be one of the heads of the, the of really the whole um, the, the dicastery for worship uh, in the Vatican. You know, so this is not 
some uh, fringe person, obviously, here. So, um, you know, there's we have every reason to be positive. I was actually just talking to uh, Michael Matt, one of our one of our allies here in the trad movement, you know, and, and he comes from the old guard um, trad movement. And, and he's been there from the beginning with his his own father. And he's very positive. He's very optimistic. He thinks he thinks we're we're really on the cusp of something great uh, here. And so there's no reason to despair, no reason to be negative. You know, we are in a really great spot. And it's, ex and it's really an exciting and glorious time to be a Catholic because Catholic saints arise, especially in these adverse times. So, Noah, tell us about what are your plans for the, the new pilgrimage? So you're going to do this every uh, every spring and every fall. Right. And so tell us about so tell us about the, the the plans for this coming pilgrimage in a couple of weeks. How can people be involved? And then what are your long term plans? Yeah. So um, what we what we hope to do is is have people who from outlying areas provide them transportation in from some of the uh, Latin mass locations that lost their parish churches from, uh, you know, Front Royal and Gainesville will have and Benedict, Maryland and Old St. Mary will have shuttles in um, for free uh, to come. Uh, to march with us, um, and we hope that that will be able to allow more people to attend. Um, we also have, uh, if you'd like to help, uh, we'll, uh, you know, go um, your contribute if you can't come. Um, pray for us, if, uh, but you know, if you're in the D.C. area, uh, it's it's very important to come out and show our um, how important the TLM is for us, um, and you know how uh, committed we are. Um, to keeping the movement going. Um, that's our, the link to our Give, Send, Go. Um, and, you know, we need to use these restrictions as an opportunity um, to be able to continue to evangelize um, and not to slow us down. You know, we have uh, eight locations in, in Arlington. We had zero before 2006. Um, it's, I mean, we've gone from not just zero to one, but zero to eight. Um, so, wow. you know, yeah, and, and it's been an amazing growth. There was no, um, there, there wasn't anything like this in, in Arlington um, 20 years ago. Um, so, and it's good that, that we're here, you know, and, and it's, it's spreading devotion and it's spreading, um, you know, it's spreading evangelism and, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, if you have gear, if you, if you have processional items um, that you can carry, if you have flags and banners, please, by all means, bring them. If you have icons, um, you know, we, we, that stuff is so important. Um, to bring because we want this to be beautiful, um, and we want it, we want it to be a beautiful, powerful witness um, to traditional Catholicism, and uh, yeah, and we just want to continue. Um, do, we're, our, we are committed to continuing um, to to march. Um, you know, uh, certainly until the restrictions are lifted. Um, but you know, when you have when, when you have events like this, it releases a lot of graces out into the world. Um, you know, group prayer is extremely powerful. Um, you know, it, it's a, an act of reparation and sacrifice um, for the mass. Um, and so, you know, th this is extremely important in continuing um, in, in continuing to just witness the beauty and power of the traditional Latin mass. Um, and, and also, um, you know, we're trying to make it easy for people to come, but it, it is a very powerful um, moving experience. Um, it really is kind of, in a lot of ways, an, an, a very deep uh, out-of-body spiritual experience, um, at least for, from my perspective. Um, it was, it's so energizing. Um, and to be able to bring this amazing devotion uh, to the Washington, D.C. area, it's just, uh, and, and it's just very important in, in my view. Fantastic. Excellent. So, if you are anywhere near the diocese, so you're you're pulling from, are you pulling from those shuttles from dioceses outside of those or just outside of the area? Just those just, two dioceses? Yeah, just those two dioceses. Okay. Um, so, you're and, in, so if you're in the diocese, in those dioceses, you can take a shuttle in to get more or easier traffic. And so it's about a two hour trip. So tell us about the, the whole event that starts at 830. And yeah. Walk and go ahead. Tell us what's what's happening. Yeah, we'll start with uh, by uh, doing the chanting the divine office together. Um, you know the and then we at eight thirty a.m. Uh, in in the front of St. Thomas More, and then we will process um, for two hours uh, over. It's a beautiful walk through downtown Arlington. Um, we have 
a hymnal. Um, we'll have hymns and rosaries um, that we'll be doing. Um, we have a beautiful hymn, hymnal that um, one of our, uh, our, our vice president uh, has put together, Matt Penza. Um, and uh, the song singing is really beautiful and very powerful. Um, and then we will process for two hours, um, you know, from uh, it's a very quick walk. It goes by very quickly. Um, we go through downtown Arlington, downtown D.C., into St. Matthew's Cathedral, and then we'll chant the office um, outside St. Matthew's. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we'll, we'll have shuttles back, um, back to St. Thomas More and back to uh, areas, outlying areas where people may have come from. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing experience, a lot of fun, um, you know, and, and a very profound moving experience. Um, you know, last year it was just um, amazing. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, we, we, have, we get, are able to get a lot of people out, um, you know, to be able to uh, really, um, you know, show how, how committed we are to, to the TLM and to, to Catholicism. And uh, um, is there permission for any mass to be had in the, in the event or is that not, has not been given? Um, we re we requested it. So the last one was technically before the restrictions hit, um, at least in uh, yeah, in, at least in DC, um, and we were not able to uh, to get permission at that point. Um, we don't have, unfortunately, the closest Saturday TLM uh, in Arlington is out in uh, Gainesville now is out in Renaissance Monastery. It's actually Noakesville, Virginia, Renaissance Montessori School. Um, so Saturday TLMs, unfortunately, are a thing of the past. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's restrictions also on celebrating um, private masses um, for priests. Um, you know, so, you know, unfortunately, no, no mass. Um, but um, hopefully soon, you know, um, I think we'll, it'll be amazing in a few years when we can um, celebrate this with a, with a, a, a TLM before or after, but not this year, unfortunately. We'll have the office, which will be chanted, um, and that's another great thing that we can substitute for, um, you know, in part for losing the mass, um, but yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, M. Proximus says, thank you for doing this, brother. I have been blessed to recently participate in the pilgrimage for restoration. And that, that's actually another pilgrimage. I think it's in Pennsylvania. And I, I do have an article on that that I haven't published yet because I have just so many articles to publish at 1 Peter 5. But we'll have an article on that. But yet there's a pilgrimage for restoration as well. Uh, he's Proximus says it's public public joy, penitential witness, and they're very powerful. So uh, this is fantastic what you're doing. Um, so last thing I want to emphasize here is, like Noah just said, these things cost money. Uh, you got to pay shuttle bus people. You have to pay photographers. You have to construct uh, hymnals, uh, all these materials. It all costs money. And so it, especially for those of you who are viewing and reading and you cannot um, participate, can't actually be pr physically present there, please click on the link below to donate to help them raise the funds to make this happen. I think that this is I think the the Catholics who are in these United States, especially we I think I would even say there is an obligation to a degree for all uh, all of us Latin mass faithful to give something because this is our national capital. Uh, and this this really bears witness. Um, I've I've mentioned before on one of your five that uh, the Holy Father, I think I think the Holy Father is influenced to a degree by anti-american sentiment that is in the hispanic world some of it this is justified because of american foreign policy and that's just another topic we won't even get into but it, you know so it's there's a certain understandable resentment i think towards americans because some of our government don't always make the best decisions but um i think that having this pilgrimage is, is such a, a help to really the worldwide church because it's it sets an example for uh the, the good American Catholics who who love our country, love our nation and love our faith. And we're not trying to be, as you said, you know, too extreme. We're not trying to leave the church. Uh, we're trying to be faithful to our faith and also be American. So um, so please uh, click the link below. Those, those who are listening and viewing, click the link below. Donate, especially if you are a citizen of one of these United States. 
Noah, um, any uh, final comments, um, exhortations? Thanks so much for coming on and what, what you're doing in our nation's capital. Yeah, um, I think the the big message is don't be discouraged. Um, you know, there, there's always something you can do. Um, you know, there's a, a, traditional Catholicism is multifaceted. Um, it's it's a lifestyle. Um, there's so many so many different things you can do. So you know, bring back the TLM is just one aspect of of the larger I think goal that we all have, which is to spread. Uh, the beauty of Catholicism. Um, so there, there's so much you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, don't get consumed by negativity or by, um, you know, stuff going on online um, where you think, oh, it's all over. There's nothing I can do. You know, there's always something, there's always th something you can do. Um, so that's, that's the message that I have. I, I lost you for a minute. I don't know what happened on your end there, but uh, I, I just heard, uh, don't be discouraged. Um, uh, absolutely. Thank you, Noah. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's really an example for, for all of us. So with that in mind, let's pray a Hail Mary to close this out because ultimately we here, um, you know, this is on the Feast of the Annunciation is when you're going to have this. And it's also on a Saturday, and Saturdays are always dedicated to Our Lady. And the reason, one reason why Saturday is dedicated to Our Lady is because when Our Lord died on Good Friday, uh, all the disciples left him, as we know. Um, but Our Lady was perhaps the last Christian on earth, uh, the last person who had this perfect hope on Holy Saturday, when sort of all was lost. Our Lady had the hope. And so she gives us the courage to continue in her hope. So let's offer this. Yeah, all and, and I'll say it's not a coincidence that, that this is we do these on on uh, Marian feast days um, because it is uh, it, that's part of it's a big part of it is, is Our Lady and devotion to her. Absolutely. What was the uh, so you're going to are you going to do it every year around the Annunciation? Okay. <laughs> Welcome to live broadcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so what's the plan long term you're going to do? You're going to do Annunciation around then. And then what are you doing for the fall Marian feast day pilgrimage? Um, well, the date for the fall is, is, some, is we're still discussing. Um, so we don't know. We don't know if it'll be the same weekend. Um, we, we picked um, the date last time um, because it was around the time of the restrictions going into effect. Um, but we don't know. Um, it'll be sometime in September. We don't know the exact date. Okay, excellent. Okay, well, with that, let's let's pray an Ave Maria, uh, and we will close it out. Offer all this to Our Lady. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is King.